Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Um, at approximately 8.30 last night, Deputy Jason Clark, a 32 years of age, uh, seven-year veteran of the Erie County Sheriff's Office, responded to a sus suspicious vehicle complaint on Whitehaven Road in the town of Grand Island. While interviewing the occupants of that suspicious vehicle, another vehicle passed by um, several times while shouting obscenities to the deputy and to the occupants of that suspicious vehicle. He, um, upon completing his work with the suspicious vehicle, which turned out not to be a, a, a problem, um, Deputy Clark stopped the vehicle that, that uh, drove past, approached the vehicle on the passenger side, um, obviously already knew who the, or the, the passenger in that vehicle was, but in, uh, inform upon informing him that he was under arrest for his conduct, the individual rolled the window of the vehicle up on the deputy's hand. To, in extracting his hand, uh, the window of the vehicle was broken. The passenger of the vehicle um, immediately exited the vehicle and attacked the deputy. Um, before the deputy was able to get control of that individual, the driver of the vehicle um, also got out the female driver and, and rendered aid to the to the to the passenger. Um, the passenger was a, had applied a chokehold to the deputy, and as the deputy was losing consciousness, a good Samaritan named Peter O'Brien stopped, and as a result of his interaction, we have no doubt saved the deputy's life. The 22-year-old passenger was Sammy Abdelatif from Grand Island. Um, he had been arrested um, last month for threatening to kill the same deputy when the deputy stopped that same vehicle, was operated then by that same female that was in it last night, um, because the deputy had the vehicle towed because the driver refused to present a driver's license or any identification. The, the driver of the vehicle on both occasions was a Brittany Ashley Grazer, 21 years old, also of Grand Island Boulevard. Responding deputy, who was dispatched initially to the suspicious vehicle complaint as well, but upon his arrival found Deputy Clark in a ditch, um, unable to stand up, um, obviously suffering or, or having difficulty breathing. The, the deputy was transported to ECMC by ambulance he was treated and released with, with throat and neck injuries. He is now home celebrating life with his wife and two small children. Just in the way of background, Deputy Clark, less than 60 days ago, was commended for saving the life of another Grand Island resident, um, a heroin addict who, was, uh, who would, with the use of Narcan, was able to, to uh, save his life. So um, we've been in contact last night with the district attorney's office and I'm sure additional comments now from, from district attorney. Uh, thank you, Sheriff. And first, we are so grateful that the deputy clerk has lived to tell about uh, what happened last night 
uh, were it not for the actions of, of Mr. O'Brien, this very easily could have ended with another dead police officer. And as you know, just two months ago in Buffalo, there was another incident where a police officer nearly lost his life uh, at the hands of an assailant. And it goes to show you that police work is uh, almost always inherently dangerous. This was what should have been just a simple traffic stop, which turned into a life and death struggle. And fortunately for the heroic intervention of a civilian, uh, we are able to talk about uh, Deputy Clark and his continued service to the people of Erie County. The defendant, uh, Mr. Abdelloff, will be charged with attempted murder in the first degree which is defined in our penal law as an attempt to uh, kill a uh, member of a police department, uh, which is what the evidence thus far shows. The case will be presented to an Erie County grand jury uh, in the coming, uh, very, very soon in the coming weeks, uh, and that grand jury will be able to listen to the evidence and render um, a decision as to whether there's sufficient evidence to charge him with that crime, additional crimes, um, and the same thing with the young woman who was also uh, with Mr. Delaf, uh, I believe Ms. Glazer. Uh, the grand jury will also consider evidence against her as well. Uh, as the sheriff mentioned, um, our close cooperation uh, started last night. We were on the phone with members of the sheriff's department. And last night I you know, spoke to uh, Christopher Felling, a veteran prosecutor, who has been working on this case since since then, and it's been assigned to a uh, younger veteran prosecutor, Nathaniel uh, Kapperman, who was also here today, and he will be evaluating the evidence and, again, presenting to a grand jury in the near future. As I say every time I talk to you about someone who's been charged with a crime, of course, these two defendants are presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. We are right at the beginning of the proceedings, but it's important, again, for the public to appreciate both the close working relationship we have with um, the, the Sheriff's Department and that the, you know, the, the, the profession of police work does lead itself to these dangerous encounters and you just never know uh, where they're going to arise. So again, we're grateful for the intervention of Mr. O'Brien, the civilian. We're grateful that Deputy Clark is still alive and can tell us, you know, can speak to us about what happened and we look forward to the criminal justice system uh, proceeding. Thank you very much. We have questions. I'm sorry, the early incident or the life-saving incident? The, the, the earlier one, right? He had, uh, this, uh, this suspect, uh, this is Deputy Clark stopped the vehicle um, operated by Ms. Grazier um, for a, actually a lighting violation. And after stopping the vehicle, she refused to um, present a driver's license or other forms of identification. Um, the, the deputy then had the vehicle towed. Um, the, the, um, shortly thereafter, um, the, the, um, Mr. Abdelatif called the 911 dispatch. I think we did a media release on this as well and said that the next time he sees this deputy, he will kill him. Same the same deputy, yep, the same vehicle, the same same driver, same I mean this was this was the July incident. I think July 18th incident was very similar. Um, one certainly notable dis difference here 
is the day the deputy was not stalking or following them. They sought out the deputy last night. Um, they challenged the deputy. They yelled obscenities in the presence of other people. They drew the deputy's attention last night. The deputy how does did that not happen? Sorry, I'm sorry, how does that what? How does that happen that he comes across him just by chance? How does that was come? He no, I, what was he uh, right. Well, I mean, Grand Island is not that large of a community. Um, it is an island. Um, that they probably saw that as an opportunity. Um, he was arrested, and I think those charges are still pending, but he was uh, arrested as a result of his actions back in July, and the deputy went back to a normal course of business. And, and again, um, they sought out that deputy last night. It was not the other way around. Was he following him for some reason? Was, was they, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that there's been any indication of that, that we, do, we may... We may find that out, but we don't have any indication of that. But we do know that last night the deputy was was dispatched to a different vehicle complaint while he was engaged in that complaint in handling that suspicious vehicle, which turned out to be there was no, no problem with the individual that he that he was interviewing. As a matter of fact, they complained about the conduct of of the abdelative vehicle. Sheriff sure, Howard. Do you have any reason to believe that this abdella may have called in that complaint to lure the deputy to that area? It's certainly something that we'll look into. He, uh, he made bail on that last charge. I think it was $1,000 bail when he made the threat. Are you familiar, Mike, with that other case? And the earlier arrest? Already. No, 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 that case is still pending. I see. So that case is still pending and will be resolved in the ordinary course of business. Yeah. Um, what Dave was asking, though, is how is he out? He's, he posted bail on that case and he's pretty being held now. Correct. Well, he's being held out, yes, but previous. He did post bail, right? He did prior bail. Yeah. Is it feasible that the people in the other car were working in tandem with Fidelity? I don't think, I don't think that's likely. I don't, based on the fact that they raised some objection to it, but I, I, I don't think it would go that far. Is the threat of killing him figuring Remember, this just happened last night at 8.30, and our, we, we, have, we know we all have a lot of work to still do. Still investigating. Still, and we have people working it as we speak. The previous threat of killing him, does that figure into the murder charge? That'll be, that'll be a decision to be made as in the course of the investigation. Do, do you believe, um, what else can you tell us about Mr. O'Brien besides he's a hero in your eyes? Um, he wants to remain uh, out of the public eye. He has agreed to us using his name, but uh, divulging his name to the media today, but has asked that he not be further um, interviewed or, or, or um, Thank you. Was he injured at all in the conversation? Um, actually, the, we have a pit bull that's a part of this that the, the, the female driver, um, when she exited the vehicle, um, introduced the pit bull into this altercation as well. Mr. Bryan indicated that he had, I think, a small injury to his, to his hand um, but uh, from the dog, but was not otherwise injured. And what's the status of the dog? Um, pit bull? I don't know. Uh, dog control has the dog. Will the dog be put down because of this? Uh, because of this? Yeah. Uh, that, that's not our decision. So Mr. O'Brien uh, happens to be in the area. He comes to the aid of this deputy. Like you said, Sheriff, he likely saved his life because he was being tackled and accosted by two people and a pit bull. Um, how lucky is Deputy Clark to have this guy here? I mean, like you said, he saved his life, but this guy happens to be in the area. And not only does he happen to be in the area, he actually has the wherewithal to step in in a scuffle. Did he um, say anything to you like, I feel like I need to do this, or what was, what was his no, reaction? Well, I guess first of all, um, 
we know and we, we brag we're the city, actually the county of good neighbors. So the fact that we've got citizens in your county or western New York that are willing to put themselves at risk certainly makes me even more proud. I'm more happy to be in service to the people of your county in western New York. Um, there is no doubt that Mr. O'Brien knew that that deputy was in big trouble and knew that if he didn't do something that, that um, the deputy would not be alive. So he knows, he's a humble man, but he knows he saved that deputy's life and we will be forever grateful for what he did last night. Does that bill chief have any other known criminal history prior to these two incidents? Not that I'm aware of. Additional criminal history. Do we know if there are other similar cases like this that, that you can talk a little bit about? Really? Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, in, uh, I believe it was 1994, there was... 93? Yeah, September 11th, trooper. Yeah, it was a state trooper who was transporting a prisoner. Uh, trooper Morrow was transporting a prisoner named Beverly, and uh, Beverly was able to uh, accost the trooper and start choking him. Um, and a tow truck operator, Mr. Gugino, happened to be responding to the initial traffic stop to get the car and saw the trooper in uh, distress. The, uh, the, Mr. Gugino was able to take the baton, the trooper's baton, and force uh, Mr. Beverly off of, Mr. Or off of Trooper Morrow, saving his life. Uh, that case was tried, um, and the defendant was convicted of attempted murder in the first degree and sentenced. There's part of the news release that Scott sent out earlier, I was wondering if you could go over. And this is after the second deputy arrived, after he was able to subdue uh, at gunpoint uh, the, the, the perpetrator here, and that the first deputy, Deputy Clark, had recovered enough to actually be able to crawl over and put the cuffs on the assailant? Um, the second deputy, first of all, was Deputy Coniglia, and, and I don't know who or, or if that's true, but Deputy Coniglia had indicated that when he arrived, he found the deputy um, unable to get up. Right. And obviously, um, from the from the uh, radio dispatches, with a shortness of breath to the point that he was almost un unable to talk. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I guess know. in some substance, in, in the in the very end, it was with the the uh, injured deputy who was actually able to cough the suspect to death. Correct. Yes. 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 So he, he couldn't breathe or was at least having trouble breathing, but still had enough strength to get this guy to the cuffs on him. Again, with, with the passage of some, of some time, um, yes, he was obviously unable to continue that fight had it not been um, for Mr. O'Brien. But, but I think Deputy Coniglia indicated that the first words that he heard, he knew that Deputy Clark knew that when Deputy Coniglia arrived um, that he was looking to and trying to sort things out and he was able to point to Mr. O'Brien and say that man just saved my life. So the, the deputy knew how much trouble he was in as did Mr. O'Brien. No weapons found on Adele Teeth were in the car? No. What, what was uh, Adele Teeth shouting from the car to the deputy who was checking out the white suspicious car. Yeah, I think that that's something that's better left for. How do you describe it? And describe it without using antagonistic. It? Was he swearing at him or? I think we'll just leave it as antagonistic. So what was the other people in the white car complaining about? What was? 
Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, you're talking about the earlier incident with the suspicious vehicle. He was yelling, he was just shouting, it was described thus thus far, I don't know that we've actually got the actual yeah. verbiage, yeah. but that but that included yelling obscenities. And why were the people in the white, had they been harangued by the uh, prior, prior to? Prior? No, there was no indication of that. Do you think, you really think he was stalking? The deputy, or do you think he just I didn't, I didn't suggest that, or or if it was just a crime, a crime of, um, no, not from us. Yeah. But I so what I suggested is that the deputy was not stalking oh, okay. uh, their vehicle, okay. and that in that it was not a matter if anyone would want to think that the same deputy, the deputy who was once threatened by these people, that that some might go back out to look look for that person. Um, yeah. Again, there was absolutely yes. no indication of that, and I wanted to make it perfectly clear, the deputy did not seek them out last night. Sure. They, they sought out the deputy. When did that first incident happen in July? Can you tell me about I think that? Ju July 18th. 17th. Um, it was right about midnight. Um, deputy Clark stopped the vehicle for a lighting defect. Okay. Um, just a matter of routine. And after stopping the vehicle, the driver, um, Girlfriend. yes, would not produce a driver's license or otherwise identify herself. Was the was the boyfriend in the car at that point? I don't, I don't think so, no. And the vehicle was then towed. And and um, after the vehicle was towed, um, the passenger then called the radio, 911, demanding to speak with the deputy. I was told, you don't call 911 to talk to the deputy. They gave him a second number. He called the second number. And again, um, on, on both, I don't know if it was the first call or the second call, but left the message, the next time I see this deputy, I'm going to kill him. So, but he wasn't in the car that night, July 18th? No, um, but within an hour of that time, he was arrested. So oh, shortly after 1 a.m., he was arrested driving that same vehicle um, for the threat that he made against the deputy. So, Mike, back in 1993, the gentleman who was convicted of the similar charge uh, he, his sentence was. I believe he received a 15 to 15 to life. 15 to life. Okay. From, uh, Would and, he be seeking the same uh, in this case? We're get, that's getting way ahead of us. Okay. The, again, we're still in. This just happened late last night. We're going to go through the investigation stage, the grand jury stage, and we'll see what the grand jury says. Potential sentences is no one. Like, 15 to life or 10 to it's life. It's a one felony, so, so potential sentence is 25 to life. 25. Just to maybe a little bit of background, I spoke with that trooper that uh, John Morrow today. Um, figuring that this incident being reported may have uh, some um, flashbacks for him. And he appreciated the call, but he expressed the fact that, that what happened to him, even though it was in 93, has never gone away. And we're very pleased that he has offered to meet, if our deputy wishes to do so, to meet with him and discuss the similarities and the fact that what this meant to him and his family, um, ongoing problems. So this was not a crime or an incident or an emotional impact that ended with either the arrest or the, or the conviction. This has followed Trooper Morrow his entire life. And again, we're very pleased that, that he has expressed a desire to work with our deputy to try to help him through this. How's Deputy Clark doing mentally? You said he's at home recovering with his family. Um, how's he doing mentally? I think that the, the impact of this will take a while to set in. And again, it's said, best said by Trooper Morrow. Um, this had a major impact on him and on his family, right, and in his focus for his career. Um, but but right now, um, we have, I spoke with him on the phone. These other two have spoken with him in person. 
but but he's expressed it. He's he's home with his wife and children, and he's celebrating life. Um, I would say to fighter, I'd turn to my Golden Gloves champion here, and, 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 and proud son of an even greater fighter. But but um, at one point, the deputy had control, and the female driver um, interceded and actually turned the table. So so the deputy was, I think, close to handcuffing him until she involved herself in that. And again, these are all things that we're still sorting out, but continued to stay engaged in this right up until and after the, the arrival of Mr. O'Brien. But again, we're still sorting through what that means. Um, but uh, the grand jury will hear this evidence and make a determination based upon the proof. I believe she'll be charged with assault in the second degree as of today. And the grand jury will, again, he, we're still in the investigation stage. The grand jury will be presented with evidence, and then it will determine what charges are appropriate. So she's charged now as well with resisting arrest and obstructing governmental administration for both her own arrest and interfering in the arrest of, of the passenger. Why the difference? Wait, wait a minute. I, I got a couple questions to ask. I'm sorry. I had to do a couple things. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Why, why, the, why the difference in a legal perspective between the assault charge for her versus the attempted murder for him? Was there more action on behalf of one of the parties? We're still in, again, this just happened at 8.30. The right. grand jury hasn't heard any, any evidence yet. I'm it's, only saying that because sure. you said it's the assault charge and, and the other guy's charge with the murder. So we're going to, again, get all the evidence, for the, um, interview the witnesses, including the deputy, including Mr. O'Brien, including the, uh, is it Deputy Coniglia? Who, who appeared in the grand jury will hear, hear all that evidence and it will then determine if there's sufficient evidence to charge either one of these two uh, with any crime and if so what those crimes are. So what is charged today is not necessarily what sure. will be reflected once the grand jury hears the case. What made you use the words or, or at least those charges what, what they were assigned to as of now? As of right now it's the the reserve involvement. I asked that yes, question should, because they're involved. Was this guy beating the hell out of Deputy Clark and she just jumped on his back? Or was she also equally doing the same thing that's, that he was doing? That's, that's, that's what I'm asking. Oh, sure. And that's an evidentiary question which hasn't been fully fleshed out yet. But it will be. Lou? It will be. Lou? Okay, yeah. We're gonna wrap. Okay. Um, so where did he leave this phone message? He called 911 looking for yeah, it, the deputy. Just so you know, he's charged with that crime, and so that's right. pending in Grand Island. So again, he, again, he's, you know, that's a case that we're going that was to. That released back in July um, on that issue. So if there's nothing else, how many children does uh, he have? Two. Two, two young deputy children. Clark, two young preschool, and, two preschool and where children. Did, where did the thing in July 18th? Was it on the same road as where the attack happened last night? No, it was on Grand Island Boulevard. Grand Island Boulevard. Grand Island Boulevard. Right. So the same at? same town. Yep. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank Appreciate you. Uh, it. I have uh, something I'll wrap Photo up with. Photographs, I think you have, and you'll share them or whatever. Yep. And yep. Thank you, everyone. We, um, the sheriff's office has received uh, through social media and other um, venues uh, 
condolences and best wishes, not condolences, but best wishes for the deputy. Um, one thing that the sheriff's office wants to do is uh, thank everyone who's reached out to us for that. And if anybody does wish to send uh, their thoughts and, and prayers to Deputy Clark, you can uh, address that to Deputy Clark, care of Erie County Sheriff's Office, 10 Delaware, Buffalo, New York, 14201. That's all I have to say. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.